If McNeil wishes to be taken seriously, why does she not simply tear the judge's head off? It is true what they say. Women are from Omicron Percy I-7. Men are from Omicron Percy I-9. As a result of the outbreak, your city or entire region may be endangered by a lethal agent. If conditions at your location make this a possibility, you need to consider staying in place until the threat has subsided or blown over. Hey everybody, welcome back to Viral Load Podcast, the disease podcast for this disease world. As always, I'm Andy Pupa. And I'm Brett Bales. And we're here to talk about a timely subject. On November, I guess I should say in November 2021, a variant of the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus emerged and was named Omicron by the WHO. Earth. I am Lur of the planet Omicron Percy I-8. Is this thing on? <laughs> I am Lur, ruler of the planet Omicron Percy I-8. I demand extra dipping sauce. How many? Oh, two. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're not in the know, that's uh, from Futurama, the uh, show... That is, uh, that's awesome. And I'm not the only one who apparently thought that when the, the news came out that the name of the new variant mm-hmm. was Omicron, that was my first reaction was, wow, they named it after a Futurama character. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, and that would not be far-fetched based <laughs> on all my friends who are Futurama fans. It's a bunch of like math geeks and science nerds who like are like, aha, this is the best show ever. So uh, if a guy like yes. who was like that uh, decoded it and was like, ah, oh, I can name it something. And he was like, Lurr, but to himself, and then went into <laughs> yeah. Omicron. But it's, yeah, it's just that Greek alphabet. Yeah. But the next one up is Pi. Yeah. So, you think you they're going to switch? Do you think they're going to try to change it from Pi something? Or do you think it'll be like, you know, or are they just going to, because it would be pie. ridiculous if, imagine if Pi was what killed the United States. Like, like if, yeah, if, yeah. if we were taken out by pie. Well, it already tech, it already is if you look at the obesity <laughs> yeah, data. But that, that's what I was uh, I was hinting at. It was that that like yeah. like in the end, pie could still kill us, but it'd be better if it was like Big Mac two point yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's where we're at, and this is a topical, time sensitive episode. Some are more evergreen, and this one. Uh, it is worth noting we're recording the first week of December. Um, a lot of what we're going to talk about is still very much up in the air because this thing uh, is quite yeah. new. Just a couple weeks J- just uh, out of old the oven. since it was first, yeah, uh, first reported to the WHO, World Health Organization, uh, coming out of South Africa. The, I guess, official code name, in case you're of that ilk, is B11529. I guess Omicron is uh, uh, kind of cool sounding. Mm -hmm. 
But what's happening is what's been happening um, since the beginning of the pandemic, that the virus, SARS-CoV-2, continues to mutate and evolve like all RNA viruses do. Uh, In fact, new variants of this virus are detected almost every week. What? Um, Yeah, it's scary. Um, Most just come and go. Some stick around and really don't do anything, but some increase in the population and and start to spread uh it's totally random again it's just uh we we did a whole variant episode a couple episodes ago i think and um if you want to know more about that check Mm -hmm. it out but basically uh the virus is just uh, trying to get your cells to make copies of itself over and over and there are uh mistakes that happen sometimes with the copying and those are called mutations and if the mutations happen to be in the right area that make the virus more infectious or, or whatever, make it uh, able to spread better, that's good for the virus. So it takes off and it becomes the dominant strain. Um, so that's been uh, kind of what's been going on. And we've just been waiting for uh, the big one, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I guess short answer is is Omicron the big one. Uh who, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... So that's the end so, of the episode. Yeah, so that's it. I uh, hope you like this. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Uh, yeah. Thanks for stopping by. Five stars, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Brett, so basically what you're saying is there are new variants detected each week, but they only get a big, jazzy, you know, uh, Greek name mm-hmm. if if they actually make it over the top and become, like, number one variant, you know, or, like, variant or of... if they actually start spreading in the population like so many of them just fizzle out and yeah. just don't do anything because they're they don't cause the virus to be more in, contagious yeah. uh it's just totally random and the the problem we've been having this whole time is the longer that the virus is able to kind of rampage around the world the more the the probability of a mutation occurring that is dangerous for us goes up um so that's why like stuff like vaccination inequity and all that is uh important and things that something that people should care about because <laughs> um we'd like this to end at some point. I'm tired of wearing a mask. I'm loving it. Um yeah. But uh why this is happening or like what you know, why Omicron now um when this changing infection pattern that's that's happening right now uh it's it's hard to tell what's driving the trend or the the changes to the it could be changes to the virus uh like mutations it could be changes in human behavior um so when we see the like spikes and and such in covid cases uh it could be kind of human behavior or how is the virus changing um but what's worrisome now is that there are similar changes to the um virus on the spike protein you know if everybody's seen the virus right now and it's those little like spiky things around the uh outside of the ball um the mutations are occurring are occurring on that spike protein and that's happening independently on multiple continents so um that's what's got everyone worried and in fact the who has called this omicron variant a quote variant of concern mm-hmm. they're oh, worried yes. and what is a variant of concern we went uh, we went over this in in great detail during our variant episode, but a uh, quick rundown. 
the coronavirus variants uh, are classified into different categories by the powers that be, WHO, CDC. Uh, number one, a variant of interest is a coronavirus variant that compared to earlier forms of the virus has genetic characteristics that predict greater transmissibility, evasion of immunity, or ev evasion of diagnostic These testing, ones, uh, or becoming a more severe Yeah, disease. these ones sound like the, uh, what, what is it, the Mission Impossible version? They're like, dun, 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 dun. Mm -hmm. Like it's the smoother version of this variant right mm -hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the next level up is the variant of concern. So we've gone from being interested <laughs> to concerned. Um, and so we're concerned, uh, quote unquote, about the, uh, I just forgot the name of the variant, Omicron variant. Um, so variants of concern have been observed to be more infectious, uh, aka more likely to cause breakthrough or reinfections in those who are vaccinated or previously infected. And these variants are more likely to cause severe disease, evade diagnostic tests, or resist antiviral treatment. Previous examples include alpha, beta, gamma, and the delta variant. Uh, and add Omicron to that list of um, that rogues gallery, yeah. that motley crew. Yeah, the WHO made it a fi oh, fish, Facebook a fish. They went out mm -hmm. and put that out there. But of course, the third level uh, is kind of um, the one we're all hoping to avoid, and that is a variant of high consequence. And that is a variant for which current vaccines do not offer protection. And luckily, as of now, there are no SARS-CoV-2 variants of high consequence. So, um, Brett, are there any diseases? Maybe we'll be doing a future. Are there episode. any diseases right now that have variants of high consequence? Do you know? Is like one of the like stronger strains of like Ebola or, you know, malaria or anything like that, like that has this level where it's really, really like not, not treatable, but it burns out maybe perhaps? So I think this, um, the way that they're defining this is whether it has mutated beyond like the vaccine's ability to like offer protection. Okay, so any, I mean, so, so anything that we do not have, uh, yeah, vaccinations to like for, or yeah, or possibly like I mean, even like the flu virus, you know, it mutates enough each season that you need to get a whole new vaccine because okay. yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, enough. okay. Um. So that that's the biggest public health concern because we're, you know, it's been like pulling teeth to get people vaccinated, you know, at high enough rates. Um, if a new variant comes along that the vaccination doesn't even matter anymore, then we start all over. Um, and so that is consequential. Um, so the current status of as of recording on this day, uh, the year of our Lord, 2021, <laughs> December 8th, um, the variant has been detected uh, in uh, quite a few countries, uh, and this is just like ones that we know about. So I would hazard to guess basically Omicron everywhere. is, is yeah. everywhere at this point. Um, and I don't even want to list the, the countries because um, basically just get a map and throw a dart at it. Um, and in the United States, the variant has been detected in 20 states. That is 20 states that has been detected. And I would guess it's probably uh, in most by yeah. now. So California, Colorado, et cetera, all the way to well, Wisconsin. Well, and a lot of those ones so that, from, that are not listed yeah. here are the ones that don't uh, no longer are, are reporting their coronavirus cases. Like there are also states like that. So we would just yeah. assume those ones are swollen in. 
it's not like a cluster in one yeah. part. It's it's yep. all over. It's uh, what the truckers say from coast to coast with taters and toast. <laughs> okay. Solid. <laughs> so um, how so how did this thing? I mean, so okay. So the 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 truth is at this point, nobody knows what this is going to mean ultimately for public health. Uh, it's too early. Like we need actual like studies in which uh, human populations are observed and time goes by and you can actually like, you know, study to see whether changes are, are occurring. Um, but we can make some inferences and we can kind of talk about some speculative type things. And that's what we're going to do now. Um, but what we do know is um, kind of the the mutation and like how it how it has changed, so how it's mutated. Um, and in this case, the mutation seems to affect, like I said, that coronavirus's spike protein, uh, which is that little, uh, in most pictures, it's red. Uh, it covers the outer coating of the virus and it gives the virus its characteristic spiny appearance. Um, these are the proteins that help the virus actually attach to human cells, uh, human cells in the nose, lungs, and other you know, parts of the body, like sp especially the respiratory system. Um, and it seems that these new variants are able to bind more tightly to our cells. It's so harder to treat the, and get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's just, you know, you can be exposed to a virus and that doesn't mean you're going to become infected. Like it could not latch on in time. Mm -hmm. It could, you know, your immune system could get it in, you know, before it does like, you know, this just makes it more likely that it, it's going to attach and, and cause an infection and, and you know, be able to spread uh, to more people. So basically, this is uh, good for the virus because it means that it's able to bind more tightly to our cells. And that's not good for yeah. us. Um, and this is the nature of all RNA viruses, uh, or I should say most, because I don't want to say every single one, because I don't know. Um, like the coronavirus, uh, they just evolve and change gradually. That's what they do. Um, geographic separation tends to result in genetically distinct variants as well. So um, that is very applicable to the pandemic because there's, um, you know, it's going all over the place. Um, so you can have like multiple mutation events, multiple variants kind of emerging in different areas in different populations. Um, it's yeah, the whole thing. So in this case, uh, what people are concerned about is the sheer number of mutations. And in this case, the spike protein alone, uh, they've been able to identify more than 30 mutations. Um, and I guess just take our word for it. That that's a lot of See, mutations. Brett, I was going to ask you that if, yeah. if like, you know how like everything under a microscope, there's so many like tiny, tiny particles yeah. that can be changed. Like, I yeah. Again, we'll get into sensationalism and all of that later on in the episode. But not knowing that part of this that well, when they're like thirty changes, it's like okay, but like how often? You know what I mean? Like, what kind of a chain reaction yeah. would that be? Is thirty like they're zero or like they're point zero 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 one? I was like, I have no idea, like what that barometer is. You know, like is is thirty nothing? Yeah. Or is thirty actually like, you know, a, a big jump from the previous? Yeah. So I, I think it's the number and it's also where it's happening. So I like I envision it kind of like a 
like making copies of a book or something. And if you're making tons of copies and like one of the pages of a, a new copy, like uh, changes one word in a sentence and that's a mutation. And if the mutation like doesn't like confuse the sentence or make it hard to read, like if it's just changing like a, a common to a, like a comma to a colon or something, yeah. but if it's changing like the red dog jumped to like the blue cat ran, you know, cause there was a few mutations in that sentence. Then that sentence starts to become different enough. And you're like, what? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I, I think of it, but it has to do with, you know, in the book analogy, that's the genetic code of the virus is it's like a long blueprint or like recipe. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's just, you know, I don't know how many, um, offhand there are but yeah it's, it's yeah it's, it's been more mute yeah it's of yeah. consequence more mutations than the 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 past ones and it's also just where okay so um so again the fact that it's happening on the spike protein is the key here because that's what allows it to bind to the human cells and infect the body and what's also concerning is that the mutational profile which is a cool word is very different from other variants of interest and concern. And according to Dr. Fauci, he's still around, um, these mutations have been associated with increased transmissibility and immune evasion or uh, avoision, depending on how you say it. Um, so it could evade vaccine protection or be far more infectious than the already highly contagious Delta variant. And that is where we're at basically right now. That's kind of what we know and what the possible um, concern is, or what the concern is, and, and we you know, are kind of preparing for possible scenarios because we, we've seen what's happened in the past when like a new, uh, better version, virus speaking, uh, comes along, it takes over. So back in February of 2021, Alpha took over from Epsilon, and then IOTA took over and then Gamma and then uh, Delta totally came in and started just like ruling the roost. Uh, now basically every, every infection is a Delta variant um, and Omicron is poised to do the same. So it's like wave after wave of these new variants. Uh, so a couple of questions that people are asking and if you read anything that offers an answer to this at this point then it's not uh that's not yeah if there's correct. not a caution if um, there's not caution tape around you know around yeah. like sentences saying yeah. this may this could we don't know this is anecdotal right. what have you if there's actual caution mm -hmm. tape like around a video and it's like caution that's probably not one you'll let us do either but yeah yeah so uh the first question that everybody's asking is, is it more contagious or transmissible? Um, preliminary evidence, so a lot of the preliminary evidence is like under a microscope, laboratory type stuff. Because again, to really study this and how it impacts humans, we have to observe how it spreads in the population and that requires time. And it's, it's a newbie. Um, so the, the preliminary, preliminary evidence suggests that this variant is more infectious than the Delta but there is no evidence that the standard prevention strategies like vaccination, masking, and all that kind of stuff are not effective in reducing the risk of infection. So uh, it could be more, it appears to be likely more infectious, uh, but all the stuff we've been doing 
uh, we should just keep doing because it should still be offer protection. Yeah. Or at least reduce the risk. You know, you're you're not at zero percent risk. You know, you go outside and go to the store or whatever. You could do all the stuff and do all the things, but there's still risk. That is uh that is um, probably the it, the most yeah. frustrating conversation that people always uh, bring up. Like when I'm working in healthcare, is that like that whole mm-hmm. zero? They're like, oh, so if I just get this, then I'll have zero percent like to worry about. You're saying yeah. this, and I'm like, no, no one yeah. has ever said that. No one, literally, no one in the history of ever has said it's a cure all. Yeah, like that never came out of anyone's yeah. mouth who actually has to do with anything. You know, um, and you probably heard like people complaining about like the vaccine when people will get infected. Well, I thought the vaccine was like supposed to stop it from getting infected. Um, no, it's, it's about, it's a, it's a gradient of risk. It's not a black or white binary. Yes or no. It's like, do you want to increase your risk or decrease your risk? Yeah. And if you want to decrease your risk, you layer on prevention strategies, vaccination, masking, distancing, all of those things tick down your risk profile. Um, but if you're going to be out kind of living your life, you're not going to be at zero. Exactly. Risk. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, so what we're basically we're talking about there is does the, uh, Omicron variant kind of, um, bump that gradient up a yeah. little, uh, and make, make all that other stuff less, uh, effective. Um, so that's how contagious or spreadable it is that that's not how, severe it is because uh, it can spread all over the place but if it's still causing mild illness that's another thing um, another possibility is that it causes more severe illness mm-hmm. um, and for Omicron there is basically no or very limited data on this um, so far it looks like the answer to that is no but again we have to like let some time go by to actually study that because uh, we're going to measure that in like uptick in case fatality rates, um, hospitalizations, deaths, stuff like that will start to happen if uh, this is more severe. Um, So there is some preliminary data coming out of South Africa uh, where there are increasing rates of hospitalization, but this just could be due to the fact that more people are becoming infected rather than the results of a specific infection with Omicron. Yeah. so again, we just we have to just kind of wait and and study the numbers, and that's that's where we're at. Um, okay, so uh, the other big question is, do the vaccines still work? Um, I'm scheduled to get my booster tomorrow, and that's going to be very yeah, fun. boosted. Um, I'm on boosted up. Mm-hmm. Boost. So uh, this is obviously the most important question at this point. Uh, it is short answer unknown at this point. Yeah. Slightly longer really? answer is that <laughs> I can't I can't Let's get see, this out of my head now. When you said boost, yeah. I was like, if I was the company boost right now, I'd be tweeting yeah. out, get your boost er and things of that nature oh. every day. I would come up with Do you mean like boost the cell phone uh, company? No, uh, well I was thinking like the uh, the old people's uh, like you know the boost drinks, like the little like Dietary oh, supplements, yeah, yeah. you know, and they use them yeah, for seniors, like, like Boost yeah. and Insure. You know, I, that's a oh. that's a gold mine there, Boost. If you would like to uh, get your booster and get if a free you, boost, if you'd like yeah. to sponsor the podcast and want my idea and buy it off of us, we'll, we'll have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. we <laughs> totally use that. You're a runner and you need the like. 
protein yeah. and stuff, and I'm just boost lazy and sometimes forget to eat. Um, <laughs> so the the expectation is that being fully vaccinated, including the boosters, will still provide reduced risk of hospitalization and death. So again, the the key phrase there is reduced risk. So you can still uh, get sick, you can still die of COVID, even if you have the vaccination, but it is way, way, way less likely. And that's all you can hope for at this yeah. point. Um, so in the weeks ahead, we'll learn more about how well the antibodies that are induced by the current vaccinations, the Pfizer's and whatnot, can neutralize the Omicron variant. Uh, that's currently being studied in the laboratory right now where they're, they're basically taking people's you know, blood and looking at their, uh, you know, people who've been vaccinated and looking at their uh, kind of immune response under the microscope to see like if their antibodies can actually neutralize the Omicron variant in the laboratory, but that's different from like real world observational yeah. studies. Um, so uh, a lot of the like pharmaceutical CEOs are coming out. Like I saw um, the Pfizer CEO uh, come on a TV show recently and he was basically trying to assure everyone, obviously, you know, cause he has interest in whether people get the vaccine mm-hmm. or not. Um, that he assures everyone that if the current vaccines are not providing optimal protection against severe disease or death, um, that they will be able to quickly modify the current vaccines to address Omicron. And I, I have no doubt that that is true, that it would just take a tweak to the, you just have the to, you know, make adjustments, right? You just have, you just, because they basically reverse engineer yeah, well, the, um, the virus itself. Right. And they're utilizing that and their MRNA to make, to make this correct it well yeah and like i guess to put it simply in like the book analogy is if the if the original sentence said the the red dog ran and the new variant the mutations say the blue cat jumped they would just update the sentence to read the blue cat jumped so that way uh you would recognize the sentence or the, the okay yeah yeah that makes sense um, so, you know, you're, you're tricking your immune system into, like, identifying this invader. And if the invader starts looking too different, your immune system is going to show up and be like, oh, that doesn't look like the thing we were trained to, like, fight. So go on. Have your way yeah. with us. Um, that was kind of <laughs> Superman versus Clark okay. Kent analysis. <laughs> yeah. Glasses change the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so there are so I said observational studies would be what we're looking for, and that just means basically observing human behavior and you know seeing who's vaccinated, who's not, who gets sick, blah blah blah. Um, one of the early observational studies that we could take advantage of happened just recently in New York City. The anime convention uh, looks like it could offer us a good early look at how Omicron is spreading in the U.S. because on November twentieth. 2021, Anime NYC, the annual three-day anime convention held in New York City, um, obviously people left there uh, testing positive for COVID, and it's overwhelmingly likely that everyone who tested positive was probably infected with Omicron. This is the Um, Comic-Con version (laughs) of Spring Break, 
that spring break, you know, back yeah. that's how Delta that's how Delta made its big splash was was oh, from yeah. Florida going outwards after yeah. spring break. They told everybody not to go there and Florida was like, Our doors are open to everyone and then the whole, yep. you know, have did you watch back back then? I say back then as if it was like twenty years ago because this pandemic has felt like it's been a million well years. Yeah. But like the subway map and the flight maps where they were showing like the people who tested positive and where they flew to, it was insane. It was literally mm-hmm. exactly how they show it in uh, in, in like uh, what's it called the contagion and things like that, where it just spread yeah. so quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, yep. so I, yep. I love that uh, the possible zombie apocalypse is coming from Comic Con. This is uh, this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> so that's this is the anime crowd. Uh, you know, all the cosplayers and and all mm-hmm. that. So they may be our early insight into how this is playing out. Um, the CDC is performing an outbreak investigation. Basically, they've contacted more than thirty five thousand people. Holy crap, there were that many people that went to this anime. There convention. was probably more than that, um, too. Oh, a lot more. That's just how many the CDC has contacted. Wow. Um, of the reported 53,000 wow. people who attended the conference, good yeah. Lord. Um, yeah, more than 35,000 and counting have been contacted and are uh, being tested. And, you know, obviously they're encouraging everyone who attended to get tested. Um, these contact tracing efforts are arguably the largest in the nation to involve Omicron and could hold the clues to how easily and quickly this variant might spread. I mean that So we have a nice little uh ob- we have a nice little natural experiment brought to you by the uh, anime enthusiasts in New York. But City. I mean even that like it's always funny when you like you read stories like that where it's like these contact tracing efforts arguably the largest in the nation to involve omicron Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah so you're doing you're starting the investigation today like it's yeah it will be the largest because it's the only one because it just happened like Mm -hmm. it it just makes it seem so like fantastic and you're like wait you just have to go to work tomorrow that's all that's all you're doing yep yeah and it's just i don't know it it provides a little like whimsy to this whole situation that it's like the first big natural experiment is just a bunch of people as, dressed as yeah. God knows what. I I don't know anime at all, and it's um, apparently people I have been watching. Uh, yeah. What is it? Um, Cowboy Bebop, which is like a kind of that crossover between like like yeah. that the, that kind of world of and uh, and like um, like the space world or whatever. And it's uh, it's pretty good, but yeah, I I I can't do. I've yeah. never done straight anime. Like I've never been able. Like unless yeah. you count like Pokemon when I was like a, a child, you know, like I haven't, yeah, I haven't yeah. been able to do the full crossover. It just it seems so hyper. It's like it's just a lot of running around <laughs> and like I don't know. It just seems really hyper. <laughs> but I'm basing that off nothing. <laughs> so um, another question that people are asking. So uh, the the anime people are gonna hope maybe tell us a little bit of early insight into how this thing is spreading and how many of the anime enthusiasts end up getting really sick or whatever. They could tell us about severity. Um, the other thing is where did this gosh darn thing come from? Um, the Omicron variant uh, was you know basically first reported in South Africa, but we're starting to unravel the the thread here, and it looks like it was already in the Netherlands a week before it was reported in South Africa, um, according to the Dutch Health Agency. And there are other revelations 
that the variant's existence was, uh, you know, throughout Europe before it was reported in Africa. And this adds a new twist to the question about where and how the variant originated and whether travel bans, travel bans on South Africa and its neighbors are appropriate or, uh, or even worth doing at this point. Um, actually South African president, uh, Cyril Cyril Ramaphosa. Yeah, yeah, I think you you crushed it. Cool. Yeah, (laughs) I I I stepped on it. (laughs) Um, Says his country is being punished for detecting the variant and informing global health authorities about it. He said Spanish flu all over again. Exactly. Yeah, the South African flu. Um, He said. Quote, you do not try and contain a virus through imposing bans unscientifically and indiscriminately. Word to that. Uh, He added that measures such as testing all travelers are the best tools for combating the pandemic. Uh, Basically saying we were the first to identify this, so don't blame us for it. Just because we were the first to to locate it or to to recognize it. Uh, It was a knee-jerk kind of reaction and... Uh, quickly became political, which is shocking <laughs> given that that's not been a, a thing at all yeah. during this pandemic. Um, you know, people saying, uh, oh, travel ban, we're letting people from South Africa travel here, blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, by the time they found it in South Africa, like the horse had left well, the barn. It's, it's, not, it's sure different. It. And it's like, also different from when this first broke. Like when the the first cases happened in mm-hmm. China, because we had no again kind yeah. of similar to what's going on right now, we have no actual data. So at that point, you do want to quarantine. Yeah. You do want to figure out what are we actually dealing with. Yeah. Versus now, it's a mutation of something that's already out there. So I mean, it's which means yeah. it's either continuing to happen elsewhere because it's mutating the same way, or uh, yeah. it's gonna it's already gone by the time you figure it out. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, it doesn't really even matter necessarily because it. I mean, no travel bans or anything are going to do anything at this point. Um, But what uh, people like us at this podcast and other, uh, basically everyone uh, on the right side of science has been saying, uh, a big "I told you so." Nanner, nanner, <laughs> what is it? like? <laughs> um, we told you so. It's something we've been bitching and moaning about on this uh, show for yeah. ever, is that uh, as, long as, the va- as long as the virus is rampaging, as long as it's uh, out of control anywhere in the world, uh, it's a threat everywhere. Uh, and that's because the longer it's able to spread, the more people it's able to infect, the higher the probability of a mutation occurring that is going to undo all the work we've done. And it's happening as scripted. Yeah, and that's why we also freaked out when the U.S. was stockpiling vaccinations or vaccines when other countries, i.e. South Africa, aren't even at one-fourth their population yet. Um, When if we had donating those resources, maybe, you know, we slow the mutations and maybe we're not dealing with, you know, Omicron right now. Yeah. Like who knows? Like that's, again, yeah. it's not exact science there, but that's absolutely plausible that, you know, yeah, it's, it's a uh, vaccine inequity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't just like vaccinate everyone in the U S and then like hermetically seal the country and we're safe. Yeah. Like as long as it's spreading other places, it, we're still at high risk. 
So what's been happening is vaccine inequity, meaning rich countries have been hoarding the vaccine doses, leaving much of the developing world under vaccinated. Um, who could have thought that, that yeah. would happen? Uh, sorry, I'm going to try not to be too insufferable. <laughs> um, I told you so. But uh, in reality, country with, countries with low vaccination rates are suffering from more than just inequity. Uh, South Africa, where this variant was first reported, uh, did receive vaccines too late, um, partly because wealthy countries did not donate enough uh, doses, and pharmaceutical companies have refused to share some technology. In fact, at one point, South Africa had to export, like send away doses of the Johnson and Johnson Johnson vaccine. Um, that it had manufactured in its own country in order to comply with a contract that it had signed with the company. Um, And the COVID-19, also, you know, the the vaccines need to be kept cold. Some of them need to be kept very cold. Um, And not everywhere in South Africa, you know, not a lot of places in many parts of the world have reliable roads and refrigeration. And the country has struggled to store and transport the vaccine doses to far-flung parts of the country. Yeah, that's something you don't Um, like. You don't think about either. Like we think it's difficult in my position at my work. Like at one point, we weren't allowed to have it anywhere other than one centralized location, and then it could only be like after Mm -hmm. it's after it's moved. It has like an eight-hour shelf life or whatnot after that, or then like Mm -hmm. it's like twenty-four hours. Like once it opens, you're done. Um, And So we had to do a hub-and-spoke model where everything gets delivered to a hub that has the correct refrigerator and all of that, and then people would show up there mm-hmm. every morning and get the vials they needed and rush them to mm-hmm. other like all parts of the state and to make sure that we could like yeah. get them done within the 12-hour period. Um, and it was like a pain. And now the, the rules have changed, and we're able to just use a refrigerating unit like at any place because the Moderna vaccine mm-hmm. is a little different. It makes it a little easier. But you don't think about the fact that like yeah. in sub-Saharan Africa and like places yeah. like this that won't, I mean, they already don't have some of the technology that we have. And then on top of that, they're yeah. dealing with, you know, triple digit heat waves and issues like that, which yeah. is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Access is a, is a huge issue. Um, and again, like we should care about that, not only because it's like, you know, the empathetic thing to do, but also that is that remains a threat for us as well. So like we should even care about that. Even if it was that. like a selfish endeavor, um, you know, like if right. like if yeah, I, yeah. even if you are a terrible person and didn't give it a shit about like them, it would and yeah, you're just an, like, what is in yeah. it for me? Well, it's in it for you for everyone to be exactly. vaccinated. It's seemingly altruistic, but I mean, it's like one of those people who at the end of the year, like donates a bunch of money, like, uh, so they don't have to pay taxes. You're like, it was a good thing you did there, but I also know this benefits you. Yeah. You know, like, but yeah, what would exactly. you rather have them do? Yeah. Uh, I'd rather them donate the money because either way they're fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's been a problem that's been fairly predictable. Like, I mean, I studied pandemics and stuff in grad school and like, you know, access and stuff like that was, you know, something we learned about. Um, but what has really bedeviled countries and me, I did not expect, like I expected this like a little bit, but not to this extent. Um, and that is a lot of people don't want to get their shots. Can't my body, and my choice. Full stop. 
Yeah. <laughs> God, let's not even, yeah, we were bitching and moaning about the... Off mic, anyway. yeah. Um, um, but oh, I mean, yeah. that is, like, it is wild. I was just like, uh, again, I have to counsel people for this sometimes, and I don't know if I'm the right person to do it, but I'm the person who has to do it. And, like, trying not to, like, you can't insert yourself into the situation. You just have to completely remove yourself and try to give the best guidance possible without, like, telling people what to do. And it's getting harder and yeah. harder for me because, like, we have such not like slap. Well, them and in the we face, have such yeah. an advantage. Like, do you have any idea how like cocky it is and ridiculous it is that we have so much vaccine that we can refuse it? Like, like, like we have yeah. we have yeah. enough where people can say, "I don't want it." Maybe later. Like that is wild. And we have to like throw out. We have to throw out batches because they're going yeah, unused. Yeah, it's, it's just a wild, like, thought process that, like, we, yeah. not only do we yeah. have it, we're throwing it away because, like, the water's not warm enough yet, so we're going to let it hit the drain until it gets warm. Like, yeah. it's just wild. Yeah. But, you know, vaccine hesitancy has been, like, a thorn in public health side for a while now, and it's been, you know, the, MM, the MMR vaccine and autism thing that happened that was totally debunked, um, you know, measles outbreaks, like, you know, uh, vaccine preventable diseases are coming back and that's because of vaccine hesitancy. People don't want to be told to get their medicine, their shots. Um, and, uh, that's been the reason why I've been grinding my teeth <laughs> and, uh, why this has probably shaved a few years off my life because I'm constantly agitated. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's well, LaCroix story. keeps you even, you know? So, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I just plow through them. The, um, so the South African experience is an example of how anti-vaccine <laughs> sentiment has become a global phenomenon at precisely the worst time. But it's not just South Africa, and obviously we've seen it in the U.S., but uh, other examples include Russia. So nearly uh, a quarter of Russians um, and about approximately 18% of Americans and about 10% of Germans, Canadians, and French folks are, quote, unwilling to get vaccinated. Um, about a third of South Africans have been vaccinated, which is a higher percentage than most other African countries. But 22% of South Africans uh, have said they are not willing to accept a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, Malawi and South Sudan recently destroyed thousands of vaccine doses because the countries weren't going to be able to administer them beyond their expiration time. Um, so uh, I guess moral of the story here is, well, there are a lot, but the the point here is we shouldn't blame South Africa uh, or any other nation for, you know, this situation for vaccine hesitancy um, or, you know, stop sending vaccines to places that need them. Like, I mean, the the point is that vaccine access is like the critical link here and that vaccine hesitancy is a huge problem. It's a global problem um, that everyone should care about. Because, good Lord, how predictable this is, uh, I just, it drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it was wild. I mean, how... Like, don't go outside without your umbrella. It's raining. You're going to get wet. No, I don't need my umbrella. You're going to get wet. I'm telling you. Like, there's... It's obvious. Uh, oh, I got wet. Well, what we all, I mean, we um, predicted it, too, the people who were hesitant. And again, like, whatever. Uh, I'm not even wanting to fight with people anymore, but... We predicted they were like, well, it's not FDA approved. And then once it was, then that wasn't good enough and there'll never be enough information for it to be safe. And yeah. you're like, all right, well, I thought we were going to get here. I told you yeah. we were going to get here when this happened and we're still here. So, yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, yeah. I mean, unpacking 
vaccine hesitancy that i mean there are going to be so many phd dissertations done on this and like i mean textbooks and um trying to get into like why what the hell um you know a lot of it is this hypocrisy which is um that i've seen many examples obviously but the one that i think of now is you know people will say oh well it's not fda approved or we don't know what's in it or blah 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 but then they're equally as likely to just turn around and stick like animal like medicine into their arm or like you know snort bleach or whatever the hell people do you know ivermectin and like anything that joe rogan says or oh yeah we'll do all that but when a bunch of scientists tell us you know that this medicine has been clinically tested and rigorously studied oh i don't know about that yeah but hey joe rogan said that this might work in between yeah. ads for uh, Squarespace and MyPillow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even the monoclonal antibodies, it's pretty funny to me that like people who don't believe in certain aspects of science will get that. Like a monoclonal antibody, which is basically like from another person, correct? Who was infected, you know, like mutated from yeah. that and pulled from them and being injected into your body. Like that from someone else to yeah. you. You know what I mean? It's like very weird that there's not yeah. a barrier there to worry about like, oh, what could possibly happen? What what if they miss something? What like what if this wasn't, you know, done correctly? And instead they're like, Well, no, I trust that over this. Like it's just uh it's a yeah. strange thing, like where where that again, where it's, that goalpost is for certain people. Like for certain people it stays in the same spot yeah. all the time. And other people it's like, Well, I'll try all of this, 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 this and it's just a very weird weird society we're living in right now like a weird stubbornness yeah Yeah. it's i don't know next time you come up you meet someone who's like this uh just ask them um oh do you by the way do you drink mountain dew yeah uh yeah of course do you know what's in it uh yeah nobody knows science doesn't even know what's in mountain dew uh but you know anyway um so one of the key variables here trying to uncover like why this is all happening and we're in the obviously kind of speculation uh phase here because we run out of actually what we know about omicron because that is tbd but what we what we do know is that you know vaccine hesitancy has you know made this situation more likely um and one of the drivers of vaccine hesitancy is this uh populism that is um you know found throughout the world um, and a political expression of, of mistrust. And this is highly correlated with vaccine hesitancy. And there have been studies that have found significant associations between the percentage of people who voted for populist parties within a country and the percentage who believe vaccines are not important or effective. Uh, other research has similarly found that populists around the world are more likely to believe in conspiracy theories about issues such as vaccine, vaccination and global warming. Um, so, you know, like we just said, uh, that's probably not super surprising to a lot of people yeah. listening. Um, but there are studies that, that back that up. It's not just, you know, a thought. Yeah. Um, and we're, of course, you know, we have dealt with populism uh, a bit recently because in our poli- political system, um, our lovely democracy uh, produced things like Donald Trump. Um, and that is an example of populism um, 
in America. Well, that's like that. He was the populist candidate. Um, Populism can be expressed differently in other spheres, though. For example, in public health, there's a a growing distrust and anger towards doctors, also towards pharmaceutical companies. Um, And this quote unquote medical populism uh, is a form of skepticism that is, you know, uninformed and causing damage as well. And I've heard that too. People saying, well, they just want me to get vaccinated because the pharmaceutical companies want to make money. So they're just pushing the vaccine so the pharmaceutical companies can get rich. Yeah. Um, but of course, uh, yeah, they do benefit, but that's their, that's the business. Yeah. Uh, and also I thought you guys liked business. Yeah. Businesses. I thought businesses should have whatever um, they can, they can do no wrong and they don't have to pay taxes. Yeah. What it's, it's a very weird situation yeah. here. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, I don't know the like psychology, like the name of it, cognitive dissonance or what, but there's a lot of like curly cues that have to go on in the mind to kind of justify this. Um, so other studies have been done uh, from various other countries over the past couple of years that show people who are reluctant to get a COVID vaccine are more likely to vote for politically extreme parties and to distrust the government and to cite their distrust as a reason for not getting the shot, um, which is... Uh, surprising probably to no one. So other examples in South Africa, vaccine hesitancy is higher among white South Africans than among black South Africans, even though whites are more likely to have been vaccinated, um, possibly because of better access. Okay. Uh, And perhaps no other country exemplifies the role of trust in vaccine uptake better than Russia, one of the most vaccine hesitant countries on earth. And I love this point this detail despite the fact that it's vaccine called sputnik 5 <laughs> which i didn't is, know and that's that is, amazing that is a literally an snl sketch like that's not yeah. that's like yeah. like what are we doing between omicron and and sputnik 5 like you would yeah. literally like sputnik. if it was omicron versus sputnik 5 uh futurama episode yeah. i'd be like ooh, this one's gonna be good yeah it's like that's what they name all their proud scientific achievements. Like we send satellite to space, Sputnik. We make vaccine, Sputnik, uh, and so on. Uh, so this was one of the first uh, developed vaccines, and only forty percent of Russians have been vaccinated. Um, there are a lot of a- Russian anti-vaxxers um, all over the place, and they include opposition activists, communists, and orthodox figures in the churches i mean maybe the Um, fact that they called it sputnik five though wasn't a good wasn't a good move you know to they're like Uh, hey do you believe in this well i mean uh a completely dead you know space station slash like you know what what was it uh satellite uh you know is Mm -hmm. uh is proof that you should definitely get vaccinated right and they're like wait the 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 famously failed mission no like okay yeah sure (laughs) I'll, i'll get that I think maybe, you know, they have a yeah. poor branding issue there. Uh, they got to go to, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Um, so Russia and Eastern Europe in general has this extremely low level of trust in institutions. Um, one in three Eastern Europeans does not trust the healthcare system, for example. So okay. there's a lot of like anti-scientivism stuff. So here's a study that was just published Um and this is like the, uh, oh, the sky is blue, or you'll get wet without an umbrella, or other kinds of no dir. Um, pro-Trump counties now have higher COVID death rates 
and misinformation and anti-vaccination is. And to by blame. the way, we will have uh, again. We're not. Uh, this is not a political show. Uh, this is just factual yeah. information. We will have the notes uh, and all the sources yeah. uh, in the show notes. So. Uh, if you're like, this doesn't yeah. seem right, or like, I'm angry, um, just look at this. Getting political, Because, yeah. like, it's not like... No, it, yeah, it's not an opinion. It's, it's the, there are numbers, yeah. and very clear numbers, I've read this study, that support yeah. this. So, whether you're pro-Trump or not, it's, this is what the data uh-huh. shows. This is reality. Um, so, since May 2021... People living in counties that voted heavily for Donald Trump during the last presidential election have been three times as likely to die from COVID as those who live in areas that went for Biden. Um, People living in counties that went 60% or higher for Trump, so the very red counties, um, had a 2.78 times higher death rate than those uh, counties that went for Biden. Um, and counties with an even higher share of the vote for Trump saw higher COVID-19 mortality rates. So if you look at the data, it's a very like cut and dry correlation. Uh, it's a very, um, you know, as as percentage of Trump support increases, um, death rates go up like pretty linear, linearly. Uh, Brett, would you also um, add into that, though, um, another variable there might be kind of like an Italy situation where people were like, oh, why did Italy get to hit so hard? Well, typically red voters yeah. are typically the older populace. Could that also be like a contributing factor? The fact that, you know, not only are they, mm-hmm. that, you know, voting this way, they're also, you know, in an advanced age as well or- with, you know, comorbidities. Like they are more prevalent to those things or... What do you think? Yeah, that's a very good question. I'm glad you asked because this trend was statistically robust even after controlling for the effects of age, for example, uh-huh. which is the primary demographic risk of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So even if you statistically control for the other possible risk factors in the community, uh, this signal still shows a strong association between these wow. these things. Because um, that's what I thought first. I mean, it's like, well, what if they're just, Old, you know, different yeah. in other ways, like, you know, obesity levels or age or whatever. Um, and it's taking... You can adjust for okay. that stuff. You can control for it in statistics. Yeah. Cool. Um, so the, the data also reveal that a major contributing factor to the death rate difference is the higher the vote share for Trump, the lower the vaccination rates. Um Data, says, data show that an unvaccinated person is three times as likely to lean Republican as they are to lean Democrat. Um, and again, uh, you know, it's nice to, I guess, see numbers to support what I think has been a kind of no-duh for a while. Um, and the final question I'll leave you with before we get on to some juicy news headlines. Uh, where did this thing come from? Uh, we know that, and or we strongly suspect that anti-vaccination, you know, hesitancy kind of stuff has contributed low vaccination rates. But ultimately, like, where did this variant originally manifest? Uh, one question I think is quite an interesting question is: Did the Omicron variant evolve in an animal host? Um, so, like, where did the mutation event happen? Like. We know that viruses mutate and stuff. Like, how did that mutation event, like, how did that happen? Um, and one theory is that Omicron may have emerged as a reverse zoonotic event. 
So when a virus or pathogen jumps from an animal to a person, that's a zoonotic spillover. Mm-hmm. When it goes the other way, reverse zoonotic event. Oh, people getting animals sick, you know, mm-hmm. little different. Yeah, there have been a lot of interesting, uh, you know, news stories that probably everyone has seen about, like, you know, lions at the zoo or, you know, monkeys at the San Diego Zoo or, you know, yeah. like a lot of different animal species have getting, been, you know, Yeah, becoming positive. Yeah, and they're saying that um, they're not natural hosts, so the only way they could have gotten it is from the people who interacted with them. So, mm-hmm. or another animal yeah. that is interacting with them, but that's less likely. Mm-hmm. So, if we can give it to animals, uh, can they then give it back to yeah. us. So can it get oh, into God. them and then mutate and change and then if get it back, gets into a get pig? Into us? Oh, yeah. God help us. Um, so the theory goes, and again, this is a theory, but I think um, speaking as a zoonotic disease enthusiast, I mean, I don't like encourage them. I just am interested in them. Um, <laughs> is that, <laughs> so some type of animal, potentially rodents, uh, the damn rodents, um, was infected with SARS-CoV-2 virus sometime in mid-2020, and in this new species, the virus evolved, accumulating the roughly 50 mutations on the spike protein before spilling back over into people. One of the particular traits of SARS-2 that underpins this thinking is that the virus that causes the coronavirus uh, is what virologists call a promiscuous virus. Mm, You naughty little virus. Uh, It is capable of infecting a number of different species. Uh, Dogs, cats, big cats, mink, deer, etc. The original virus that came out of uh, China in early 2020 did not infect rodents, but as the variants like Alpha, Beta, Delta, etc. started to emerge those viruses could infect rodents. So um, it's an interesting like consequence of the mutating virus that it's able to like get into other species and that just increases our headache like exponentially. Yeah. So not only do we have to worry about anti-vaxxers on the human side, we now have to worry about is this sort is this getting mutated and, and you know mixed around with animal species. Yeah. Um, zombie zombie tigers is what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, some people put less weight on that theory, uh, and they instead will say that the variant developed in immunocompromised people, um, and that maybe there isn't enough evidence at this point to favor you know one option or the other. Uh, according to Emma Hodcroft, a molecular epidemiologist at the Institute of Social and Preventative Medicine in Bern, Switzerland, said, quote, personally, I think it's probably more likely it was circulating undetected in an immunocompromised individual. Um, regardless of whether this variant emerged in another species or not, uh, given that this virus has the ability to jump species, it is possible the world will face an animal-derived variant in the future if it's not the uh, Omicron yeah. variant. Um, and that the you know name of the game is vaccination. Right now, 60 million people in the United States of America are not vaccinated, uh, even though they are eligible to be vaccinated. And that is 60 million new potential infections that uh, could cause the next um, mutant, the new variant. Yeah. So... A lot of interesting stuff to chew on. Um, and now, 
Andy's been looking at uh, the rabbit hole of God help you the like the media, the internet, how people yeah. are spinning back this. down the rabbit hole. Um, so <laughs> we got to get like a sound, like we got to get a theme song yeah. or something for when you go down yeah, the rabbit we'll, hole. I'll, uh, I'll add it in, uh, White Rabbit. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it's wild. First of all, like as soon as this hit. Uh, so remember, I'm, I'm uh, planning my wedding in Ireland and all that. And one of my coworkers, when this hit, ran into my office and was like, "They're shutting down everywhere. Um, you, you're not. You, you can't do anything you want to do." And I was like, "Wait, what? Yeah. What is happening?" And he was like, "I'm sure of it." And then I just like really quick Googled. It was like South Africa only. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. okay. How serious is?" And so things got away from us very quickly. Whether you believe it's the end of days yeah. or you believe that it's a hoax, things were coming fast and furious through all types of social media. Um, as Brett was saying, there's been research into uh, misinformation campaigns through social media and their effect. Um, most notably, Infodemic last year. Uh, there's a ton of things that have come out. Um, since this hit. So, um, Mm -hmm. first off, I do want to say I have a little bit of hope for the future because even though there's a lot of misinformation... Can you share? So, (laughs) even though there's a lot of misinformation, I do believe that the Gen Z doctors that are going to come up are going to be so savvy with tech and social media that they'll Mm. be able to spin like social media to, to actually help, Mm -hmm. um, in vaccination efforts and, uh, information. So I think that'll be good, but it's kind of like, like star Wars where like, they're both really strong all the time and they're always coming back at each other. Um, I was just Mm -hmm. did that for Omicron, you know, I just wanted to keep my geek status up, but, uh, there's this guy. That's a good point though. But there's this guy, Dr. Mike. So I'm going to play this real quick for everyone. It's just a one Mm -hmm. minute clip that he put out. Uh, This guy has 8.3 million subscribers and this uh, video alone has uh, 1.3 million views. Mm. Here's the truth about the new COVID-19 variant, Omicron. It's a newly identified strain found in South Africa where it's caused a spike in their population, leading us to believe that it's potentially more transmissible. There are still a lot of unanswered questions here that we need to get and we need to stay alert, not anxious. Number one, we don't know how severe the cases will be with this new variant because it takes a few weeks to figure out the hospitalization and mortality rate. Also, we don't know how this virus will behave in individuals who've been vaccinated and individuals who've recovered from other variants of COVID-19. And until we find that out, we don't know the implications of this variant. It's important for us to stay alert, not anxious, not fall victim to the sensationalist headlines, to the statements by pharma CEOs trying to predict the future and let information and science guide us. And where science guides us right now is to get vaccinated because it's the low vaccination rates which leave us susceptible to the emergence of new variants. Here's the truth about the new... So, like, so, again, so, like, what'd you think, Brett? Hearing that for the first time. Dr. Mike coming in. Yeah, coming correct. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, he did that. Echoed a lot of the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah, I and... mean, so, like, he's... He, there's people like that in the YouTuber, sen- you know, sensational world who are also trying to combat some of this stuff. So, it's kind of nice. So, like I'm saying, Leslie, this is a pretty young doctor here. Um so I, I'm interested to see... Yeah, if you, like, Google him. I haven't seen him yet, and he's got, like, a kind of a soap yes, opera. Yes, yes. He's got, like, headshots yeah, yeah, and like, stuff. Like, he's, like, he's, like, a, a good-looking guy, so he's not some old, like, 
bent yeah, over. Yeah, it's not a Fauci. You know, like to, to, all, to all due respect, it's Fauci, but he's not. <laughs> yeah. he's not Fauci talking. You know, talking up there. Um, and it does change things right. when you talk about yeah. social media presence and all of that. Like, I wish that wasn't a reality, but it absolutely is. Um, so, I mean, if they can break through that barrier mm-hmm. of the misinformation on social media, um, that, I mean, that could make a significant improvement. So that's a positive. Um, one of the negatives mm-hmm. I saw, so Brett, right away, there was a doctor in Singapore. I didn't grab his name, uh, but it was on several uh, sites. If you look it up, um, uh, it's the headline was, uh, the new variant will overwhelm and overtake the world in three to six months. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Definitely. But then when I actually read the article, so it was one of the, um, the top articles that when you, when you search for this, uh, for Omicron variant, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't exactly that he was saying, like, he was basically saying, if the data is correct and it's 20 times more, um, you know, uh, more virulent and it gets, it's going to get around faster that if, um, we're not vaccinated, it could ravage through the world in six months. Um, but again, Brett, mm-hmm. like, what's your take on that? Because this is, again, a doctor in Singapore saying this. But, I mean, there's no background of the doctor, really. Um, he's just being interviewed. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, how how could you even say that at this well, point? Would you say that that could be plausible? Yeah, well, if you look back at, like, say, Delta, for example, um, if you look back to, like, May 2021, it was just kind of creeping up it was just starting delta and it hit like a a hundred percent of new infections in the u.s by like late august um so that's not that long um so like overtaking delta doesn't necessarily mean like it's the end of the world it just means that it's the new dominant variant it's just out competed the other variants Uh, and Delta did that with the other variants and it's just mutated to become more, it's, it's like evolution. It's just become better at spreading. So whatever's better at spreading will ultimately overtake the weaker spreading, uh, yeah. strain. Um, so that sounds right to but, me. I mean, putting a timeline on it, I think he's just going back and looking at, um, like past variants and how long it took yeah. for them. So, I mean, it could be shorter or longer, but that doesn't mean it's going to be well, deadlier. And- it just means that it's. A few other sources uh, stated that they believe that there's a possibility that this mutation could actually be a good thing for people in the long run because if this mutation moves faster, but it makes uh, it has less of an impact and makes you know hospitalizations and mortality is actually lower in this in this one, um, that it actually could be a good thing because if it continues to mutate in this way and weaken itself, so to speak, like that could be better. But Brett, have you ever seen that where? It Which, starts to no. move faster, but then gets weaker. Like, I feel like that's not a thing. It's going to keep doing what it's doing, but it's just going to move faster. Like, do you think there's even a possibility of that? Yeah. Um, so, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, so, what... What was like the main point what here? The, that like, it was basically going to burn... It was move, it's going to move so fast that it's going to burn itself out. Like... And, just burn that itself it's, out it, because this well, they're saying I mean, this variant is moving faster but it's not as it doesn't get people as sick yeah. as delta almost like it's like you know the alpha strain where it wasn't yeah. as serious and then delta like kicked it up a notch yeah i mean yeah people were saying the same thing when delta uh started to overtake everything it was like oh you know they were saying basically the same thing 
And look what happened. Now we're on to Omicron. Yeah. So what I, how I see that is that as the more people it's spreading to, I don't see that as like a positive thing. I see that as like, again, just more opportunities for more mutations to start piling yeah. up. Um, and it doesn't matter if everyone gets herd immunity or whatever, everyone gets infected and like becomes less susceptible. Uh, if that next variant comes around, doesn't matter. Um, so it, it's actually way better to have less people get infected for many reasons. Yeah, and Brad, we and that's a big yeah, flaw. and we talked about it a bit earlier. But one of the other number one uh, videos that had a million hits uh, was just going about how South Africa has a higher infection rate right now um, due to this new variant. But again, we talked about only mm -hmm. a third of the population is vaccinated, um, and without going into like like you know, the weeds too, too much, but this would still be anecdotal mm -hmm. because of the fact that the vaccination rate is so low. Like, so we don't know if it's, mo if it's actually moving faster or if it's just in this, you know, mm -hmm. like these really uh, populous areas that like are also not vaccinated, you know, like, I mean. Yeah. And again, yeah. I mean, like, like Dr. Mike said, um, I just started following him on Instagram. <laughs> um, See, he did it. I don't See, know. That's what it, I mean. He just did it. it yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's mostly, I mean, I could, yeah, it's mostly just like kind of him flexing and stuff, but um, <laughs> anyway. Well, you know, it, he's got to get those numbers up so that he can we'll get see, the information out there. Yeah, he's got like three million something. Anyway, uh, but yeah, like he said, um, you know, I, I, I think it's just too early yeah. to tell. I mean, uh, this is all speculation. We can look at what past uh, variants did, but like, I mean, there's no way we can look at stuff under the microscope and make inferences, but uh, we have to like let some time go by and actually like let it play out and study how it actually is spreading in real human populations. And that is the only way we'll know. So at this point, any like little spikes or any like things that we're seeing, um, I think may either be coincidental or too soon or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, if you're seeing, if you're listening to this in early December and you're reading headlines that, you know, claim to know what's going on. Um, they yeah. Don't. And so again, several news until, yeah, they, do. until, until they do. Uh, <laughs> and then they'll say they knew it all along until the d research. Yeah. Until the yeah. data comes out. Um, so some news outlets uh, and politicians pointed out that we might be seeing uh, moving forward um, a misrepresentation of the variants as they're being broken down. Uh, they're like genetic sequencing if like an area that identifies it might actually not report it after they're seeing what just happened to South Africa um, and that they immediately got shut down, you know, by uh, other places, they're saying that yeah. again, not unsimilar to like the Spanish influenza yeah. and all that kind of stuff is that because they're going to be victimized and they're going to lose so much income and they're going to, you know, they're, they're not gonna be able to export import all that stuff yeah. um, and be embargoed that places might be less likely to come out and say it, which might exacerbate the issue as well yeah. because it continues to mutate while we're not jumping ahead of it. So you think there's any possible like that, truth yeah. to that? Yeah, that's a, that's a legit concern because the only way that we know variants, I mean, the only reason we have any information on all these variants to begin with is that everyone in the world is collaborating and like, all these different labs from all over the world are testing viruses constantly. And if they discover new things, new mutations, whatever, they upload them mm -hmm. to like centralized uh, databases yeah. and stuff. Um, so there is not like one like grand like war room where like every variant is being tracked. It's like 
it's a lot of just different labs all over the world. And if they they find stuff, we just have to you know trust that if they find it, they're gonna upload that information for everyone else to see. Um, but like South Africa, the president feels like they're being victimized or blamed because they just discovered it. Um, I could totally see that happening. Yeah, and I mean, and, and if people are withholding information, that's going to be really well, bad. I mean, you, again, we it gets further politicized, and then it ends up actually having an economic impact that is tangible. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to do the same risk analysis that yeah. you know doctors are doing with the vaccine and with COVID. They're like, okay, well. Uh, is it worth it to tell yeah. anyone if we lose X amount of our population when we're going to stand to lose this much money, you know, over this period of time? Like, is it going to, you know, yeah. um, so it really is like interesting to see kind yeah, of how, what kind of impact that's going to have. No, that's a legit concern. And, and, you know, it, they may have the thinking that, well, we found something kind of suspicious here, but. Uh, let's just wait till like France reports it and exactly. uploads it. So we don't have to like exactly. take that hit. And I mean, how, I mean, again. And then that just lets more time exactly. go by. Yeah. And so, it, and, it's, and especially you think about these these countries that are the more impoverished countries that are less vaccinated right now. Uh, in theory, you might see more mutations mm-hmm. in those areas because again, it's, it's circulating without any barriers or anything. Mm-hmm. And then, so I mean, you're just perpetuating the cycle yeah. of issues rather than actually dealing with it. I mean, you would think that when something like this happens, not only like, I mean, you wouldn't be shutting down. Instead, you would be sending funding and sending vaccination kits and sending doctors. Uh, and instead, yeah. it's like, oh, well, you know, they're the smelly kid in class. They, they got to go sit by themselves. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. and you can't sit with us. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean that's that's totally how that's how variants get discovered. I mean, they get discovered in countries or in places that have the technology to sequence and do that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, there could be like you know a pie variant out there in Somalia or some other place with really low access to health, uh, you know, care uh, services and technology, um, and we wouldn't know about it until it hit some place that could you know actually yeah. find it. Um, um, yeah. So yeah, that's a big issue. And then finally, uh, there can so uh, one of the things that's really uh, disturbing. So um, Fox News suggests that Democrats, uh, and this was I was at the gym the other day, and this was like scrolling, and it was the headline, and everything uh, was that the Omicron variant was created by the Democrats uh, as a midterm variant, um, basically stating that in order to uh, drive mm. up fears and um, and uh, uh, remote voting and mail-in ballots and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're you know they're drumming it up and they made it up um, in order to make this happen. Um, and the scary thing again. So yeah. we're talking about this in in situations. And again, whatever you believe is what you believe. But that kind of uh, messaging really does have an effect when they're telling people like don't yeah. don't worry about this. Meaning like basically don't get vaccinated. All the stuff. And they have 2.5 million viewers per day. Like, you're like, oh, well, Dr. Mike has 8.3 mm. million subscribers. Yeah, but that one video had 1.3 yeah. million views. That 60-second clip we played, that had 1.3 million views. Yeah. So hours of material 
go to 2.5 million viewers per day. And 86 million people actually have mm. uh, Fox uh, News contracted through their cable provider. So potentially you could see tens of millions mm-hmm. of people per day get information, and it's that quick, a sensational headline like that that makes them think, okay, I don't have to worry about COVID anymore. You know, they don't get booster, like they don't get their booster, mm-hmm. and they don't get vaccinated, and then they end up in the hospital, and we see that perpetuation of what Brett was talking about earlier in those like predominantly mm-hmm. red areas where we're seeing a higher mortality rate. Yeah, and, and that kind of misinformation and peddling conspiracy theories should be uh, I don't know, illegal or yeah, there should be some sort of consequence. I, I mean, if you can be um, held like accountable for bullying somebody online, and then if they take their own life, like you are accountable. Like they literally are giving like manslaughters, like situations yeah. like that right now. I mean, how is there not a similar effect in? And there's you have freedom of yeah. speech, but I mean it. It doesn't extend to like you know yelling fire in a movie exactly, theater, exactly. Yeah, or you know bomb an yeah. airplane. Like there are some things that for the public good, you have to shut the yeah. hell up. Um, but you know, and this is one: if you're undermining public health during a pandemic, then that is causing harm in the same way that yelling fire in a crowded movie theater. Yeah, would. exactly. Um, but I don't see that happening. Um, uh, I was trying to play, uh, there's a guy who said, um, uh, hold on one second. I was trying to, there's a guy, um, who's a, uh, basically I was trying to find just cause it sounded so ridiculous and over the top. There was a, um, a, a news anchor who basically just says, like, spelled the same thing that they continue to say because there's so many variants. Um, he was like, well, we should just let it uh, rampage throughout the entire country and everywhere, and every we should purposely give it to every single person. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett, uh, please point mm-hmm. out the flaws in that logic. Well, it's... I mean, again, it boils down to, well, first of all, that just is going to increase hospitalizations and, you know, more people get infected. Even if there is a low mortality rate, that's just going to mean more people dying that didn't need Mm -hmm. to. Um, And it's also, again, it's just creating more opportunities for for future mutations. You know, every new person that gets infected becomes a virus copying machine. And the more copiers we have going at once the more chances there are for uh, typos and stuff like that to be, uh, you know, to occur. So um, there are a lot of things wrong with that, but like big picture, that's how I see it really hurting is like, you know, creating room for future variants. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, again, we're going to end up in the same situation we had at the very beginning where we had a hospital worker shortage um, and all that craziness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to go back to having, you know, one ply toilet paper because it's all I could find at the Seven Eleven at 3 a.m. You know, I, I want to continue to have normal toilet paper, it, you know? I don't... <laughs> it's also making the assumption that once you become infected, you're, like, good to go for life. You're immune. You're, like, your immune system is... Uh, you know, a stainless steel fortress never to be infected again. Uh, and that's not true. Um, you can be reinfected. Uh, and it's also like saying, so the argument there is we want to increase herd immunity. We want to make sure like more people are just, you know, they become infected. So their, you know, immune system has recognized the virus 
uh, they're less susceptible. Well, that's what the vaccine is doing. Uh, and the vaccine uh, is not an actual virus that can put you on a ventilator and kill you. Um, so if you want to increase herd immunity, like push the vaccine, don't push for like rampant infections. They're both targeting the same goal, I guess, of increasing herd immunity in their eyes. But why not just do the other that has been shown scientifically to be safe and effective? Yeah. Uh, it it's just doesn't make sense to me. Whew. But well, I mean... I don't know. So, yeah, so that's that's the end of my shtick over here going down the rabbit hole. Um, I mean, it's nice that we stumbled upon Dr. Mike, but it is terrifying, um, <laughs> you know, that we continue to see this trend of, you know, where, where epidemiologists yeah. are now, you know, tracing tweets to find out what areas, you know, retweeted something so yeah. many times and what impact that had um, and that kind of research where it's, I mean, it's amazing that that research is like happening uh, because I think it'll help us yeah. decode kind of what some of the issues are and the barriers are uh, in reality and how to like kind of reverse that. Um, but it's mm-hmm. terrifying just how quickly um, that misinformation is picked up, you know, and I think that is going to be the yeah. ongoing struggle where I forget what doctor said that. Um, but you remember that, Brett, where he said the infodemic mm-hmm. will actually be worse than the pandemic itself. And it ended up being kind of yeah. a hand in hand issue where if we could have got a hold yeah, of the first it's one, like two pandemics. yeah, twin demics that we go check out our episode twin demics on the mm-hmm. infodemic and pandemic, uh, side by side. Um, and when you have two things parallel, like each feeding off of each other and like the, it's like a one plus one equals three kind yeah. of scenario. Um, that is called a syndemic. Yeah. yeah I was going to say it's a true symbiotic talk. relationship between, uh, Pandemic, mm-hmm. so syndemic, everybody. That's your uh, that's your syndemic. big fancy word for your dinner party. Your You're going to be at your Christmas yeah. party in a few weeks, or with your yeah. family sitting around the fireplace, or yeah. whatever you do, and uh, you can just say yeah. uh, that you didn't know there's a syndemic going on right now, and their their heads yeah. will spin on a swivel. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> buckle up. I'm about to tell you a story. And you're going to be the talk of the night, you know? Yep. Um, bring your soapboxes, people, to those holiday yep. parties. Uh, also, Jump up on them and start rattling them Also bring off. your soap. And also uh, spread <laughs> the word, Viral Load <laughs> yeah. Podcast. Yeah, a Viral Load Podcast. Uh, and uh, you can email us at viralloadpod at gmail.com if you want to give us a, uh, a shout-out or let us know that, uh, yeah. you know, you uh, like what you hear and you want to hear While something else. While you're following a- while you're following Dr. Mike, uh, head, on, head on over to our Instagram exactly. page and give us and, a follow. Uh, and go ahead over to our merch site. Hey, you're, you're, you need a last-minute Christmas gift. Uh, who's there for you? Oh, Viral yes. load. We're there. Uh, so go over there. Go grab yeah. a crew neck sweater or, uh, or you know, mm-hmm. a nice T-shirt. Or a coffee yeah, mug. Yeah, coffee mugs, you know, real simple. You have a professor that really knocked it out of the park and you want to, you know, get a good grade on your, on your final? Mm-hmm. Send him a mug. You know, totally okay to grease the wheels in that yep. way. Yeah, if you know an epidemiologist in your life, um, we got the goodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Brett said, so uh, head over to Apple Podcasts, please, and give us a nice five star review. Tell us what you think of the uh, the old pod. Um, and yeah, uh, subscribe, like, all that fun stuff on wherever you listen. Um, it so totally helps us out, so we can get to more people um, and spread our our. Yeah, our news, our information, yeah. and help us combat the get infodemic. This, get this viral load syndemic going on here. Um, 
We're a yeah, we're a vaccine for the misinformation. Perfect. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, as always, I've been Andy Pupa. I guess I'm still Brett Bales. And And yeah, we're done. (laughs) (sighs) Ooh, that was good. We are reasonably satisfied with the events we have seen. Overall, I would rate it a C plus. Okay? Not great. As a result... We will not destroy your planet, but neither will we provide you with our recipe for immortality.